0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Joseph, a.k.a. Harmonica Player. And I'd like to tell you about an awesome service that I use to get my podcast done. Did you know that there's a service out there called Zencaster, which is a one-stop shop for all all podcasts? You can do editing, production, and audio and video. It's a one-stop shop place. If you use a professional account, like a Zencaster Pro and Higher... You can have your video imported to every video player that there is possible. That only works on professional accounts, though. You have unlimited uploading, unlimited hosting, and you can monetize your podcast and earn money. Yeah. So if you want to take advantage of this, go to podzencastr.com/pricing and use my code HarmonicaPlayerPodcast and get three months off... Your Zencaster Professional. We are anxious to hear your story. Take care and happy podcasting. Mic on. And now, another episode of Mic Off Gaining demos
1: and other interests on Joseph Weekland's Harmonica Player.
0: Mic on. We present another episode. This is Apple Jade mic off. Mic on. August 3rd Wednesday afternoon blind camp service 2022. Mic off.
2: David, do you have one picked out? <laughs> Anybody? I see Kelly has her hand up. Um, pass it on. Pass it on. I think that's <coughs> in here. That's in here. No? Uh-uh. You
0: no?
1: Know, nope. No, we
0: don't
2: have it. Oh. Okay. Sorry, Kelly. Some thought, in that. <laughs> we have another, another, choice. I have
0: one. You Somebody do? On okay, 12. 12. Kristen. In the garden? You yeah, have in the garden? In the garden. That's yeah, in, that's in here. Yeah.
2: In the garden. We're going to do in the garden first, and then. then okay.
0: What number is in the garden? Oh.
2: What is it?
1: I come to the gospel. Yeah. yeah. fire. and so
2: Lord we thank you for your tender love for us and your provision for our needs. We're understanding from this experience this week that day by day you will provide moment by moment what we need and we can rest in you for this. We praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay Big Dave what's your question? What's the name? Let's let's pray for Mike now. Gracious Lord, we have heard Dave's report on his friend Mike. Lord, we lift him up before you, knowing that you're the God who heals. You're the God who hears and answers prayers. We can rest in you. We can trust you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What a story we have for tonight. We're in Genesis chapter 4. It's one of the saddest stories. Uh, our grandparents were well-nigh overwhelmed losing two boys in one day. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Adam knew his wife Eve, and they, she conceived and bore a son, named. they named him Cain. And that name Cain means, I have acquired a man from the Lord. I believe Eve thought this was the promised seed I believe Eve thought Cain was the promised Messiah, and we, we with, with looking from the other side, are saying, oh, what a disappointment she's being set up. I believe Cain, oldest son, was a leader, um, tried to help his brothers follow in what he thought was the right way. But... I've also recognized, as I've meditated on this chapter, Cain was a complainer. He was critical. He was not praising the Lord, but rather questioning God's grace. And he said God was too harsh in kicking Adam and Eve out of the garden. God was mean in not allowing them access to the tree of life. He, he did not speak well of God, but rather he criticized God, and that will always get you into trouble. It hurts us. We are, we are strengthened as we praise the Lord, and we hurt ourselves when we say bad things about him. Amen. May we be wise to talk right about God. Now, verse 2 says, She bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. The name Abel means breath. A breath of fresh air. And here was Abel. And Abel, in contrast to Cain, appreciated and understood the salvation story his daddy was explaining to him. He understood this sacrificial system. They both watched their father do sacrifices on a regular basis. Some have suggested that every Friday evening in preparation for the Sabbath they had a sacrifice. I don't read that. I don't know. But I do know. I, I recognize enough from that Old Testament system that it was regular. The boys learned, they observed, they understood that these sacrifices pointed to Jesus who was the propitiation, the sacrifice, the remedy for their sin. Verse 3, in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. These boys, I believe, are now grown. Now, I don't know what it means to be grown at that day and time. Today, you get to be counted as legally grown when you're, what, 18 and can buy beer? (laughs) I don't know. 21? 18, you can go to the Army. It's crazy stuff. Um, But now, here's something. You may know this. You may not know this but the male brain really is not mature until about 27 or 28 years of age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A little bit messy, um, but yet yeah, we're counted as if we're old enough to be making decisions. It's scary stuff, especially with what I told you about on Monday night, but we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I wouldn't doubt that, that these boys were older than 20, maybe as old as 40, but. They're deemed old enough to be making their own connection with God. Now, how old were you when you made your connection with God? I was baptized when I was 12, 1961. Precious, moving experience. Young pastor, his first series of meetings, and I jumped in there. and I was one of seven to get baptized that day. In a lake, clear lake. Precious, precious. I was old enough to make that decision, but let me tell you, i faced a lot of life since then, and I had to renew my commitment to the Lord since then. That wasn't a one and done kind of a thing, and usually isn't. But I do believe that age 10, 11, 12 is old enough and a wise time for a person to be making a commitment, a commitment in Baptism and saying, I want to be on the Lord's side. I don't know how old Cain and Abel were, but they were old enough to take responsibility for their own walk with the Lord rather than saying, whatever's good for daddy's good enough for me. And Cain decided, since he'd done all this critical <laughs> self talk, he decided that I've grown these fruits and vegetables, they look nice. I'm going to give them to God, and God ought to accept what I give him. Are you listening to me? People are still saying that. I'm going to give God what I want to give him, and he better accept it. Instead of reading the word of God and saying, what does God tell me he wants, we tell him what we want to give him. Upside down and backwards. It goes all the way back here to Genesis chapter 4. Cain is deciding what he wants to do for God as if by him doing something for God, he obligates God to do something for him. Where does this love start? God so loved that he gave. God is love, and God shines his love into my life, and now I have the opportunity to respond to his love. And response means obedience just means obedience. That's how we say I love you. That's, that's how we express love is by doing those things that are pleasing to the person. Not, n- I don't do for those people I love what makes me feel good. I need to find out what makes them feel good and do those things that help them to feel good. How much more true that is in relationship with God and he gives us in his holy word what he wants and Cain knew what he was told to do. But he decided he was going to do something different. I call it works righteousness. A self-generated offering. And it's still happening. I hear people saying, well, those, those Old Testament rules about clean and unclean foods, they were good enough for them, but I'm only going to follow the ones that I understand why. Well, that's going back to Eve's foolishness. She analyzed that fruit, and it looked like it would taste good and be nutritious. It probably did and probably was. It was not poisonous fruit. It was deadly fruit. There's a difference. People who are saying, I'll obey God when I can give a reason for his command are setting themselves up ahead of God, whether it be in clean and unclean foods or the day of worship that we choose to worship him on. Or, can I step on some (laughs) toes? And Tim starts to laugh caffeine's not all that bad, is it? And it you can buy it in coffee any time you want to. Except that God has said it's not good for you. And drugs, it's a drug. And so is nicotine. But nicotine isn't so bad. A lot of thousands of people. Pipes and, and uh, cigarettes and whatever. Cigars. And, and even we've got these um, vape Vapors, vaporizers? Va- vapors. Them. <laughs> we decide that God should be satisfied if I just, I know he said no, but it, it can't be all that important. Cain's sin was setting himself up as if he could tell God what was right and wrong. And how many of us have been doing the same thing? Okay. Troublesome thing. I should point this out before I go on and talk about Abel. I I want I want to end on a positive note. <laughs> yeah, um, Cain taught his children to do it just like he did, and um, so they were messed up. Genesis 4, 16 through twenty four. You can read it when you have a chance. He um, he had a son that he named Enoch. I know there's another Enoch that is on the good side, but this Enoch was not on the good side, and named the city that he built after his son, you see the self-aggrandizement, the, the idea of how important I am. I am having this child, and I'm naming my, child, my city after my child. I'm making my child important. It, it becomes worship of family rather than worship of God. It, it got so bad that in chapter 6 we find that Cain and his family are called sons of men, whereas those who are honoring God are called sons of God. Uh, By the fourth generation, we find polygamy has come in and murder. More murder. Not quite the same as Cain, but...
0: eh.
2: I believe Abel died in faith. Um, he He brought the required offering. He brought a lamb. He slit the throat of that lamb. He took the skin off the lamb. He carefully separated out, as he was instructed, the fat, and he put this all on the altar. And he got down on his knees and he said, Lord, I recognize that this lamb cannot cover my sin, but it points to the Messiah who does cover my sin. He understood the plan of salvation at least enough that he could bow there before God and worship. And God responded to that offering with fire from heaven that consumed that offering, and Abel was satisfied. But Cain was angry because God would not send fire to consume Cain's sacrifice. Now, in process of time, people started lighting their own fires to consume their sacrifice and say that God had to be satisfied, and they ignored it, but Cain was waiting for God to approve by sending the fire, and God didn't send the fire. And he went away grumbling and complaining. And, of course, he, as the leader, the oldest son, he told Abel that, Abel, it's your fault that God's not honoring my sacrifice. You're doing it the way God said, and you should do it the way I'm saying so that God has to honor us both together. That's the way of evil. Let's do it together, and it must become all right if we do it together. No, it doesn't get any, any better. We discover Abel remonstrated with his brother. God remonstrated with Cain. Isn't this something? This is still happening, folks. Not so much with voices from heaven to the ones who are doing evil, but voices of the righteous speaking to the ones who are doing evil, saying, straighten up, fly right. The Lord said to Cain, what are you so angry about? Why have you got a frown on your face? Verse 7, if you do right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Sin's desire is for you, but you need to conquer it. (sighs) Cain was invited by God to get the victory over the sin that was afflicting him. It hasn't ripened to murder yet, but criticizing God is sin. Verse 8, Cain talked with Abel, his brother. came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. I don't know how long he premeditated that murder, but it was bloody and messy and awful. The first child born in this world has killed his brother. Adam and Eve knew it's our fault. We sinned first, and now we see the full ripening of sin in our boy who has killed our other boy. They lost two sons in one day. The one who is a murderer is estranged from the family the rest of his life. Parents don't know what to do with this. Some of you are parents and you've gone through some of these achy, achy experiences. And you still love the child, but how can you embrace them when they have done such awful? Things? God sent Cain away; he moved away. But God spoke to him first, verse nine. The Lord said to Cain, "Where is Abel, your brother?" <laughs> I love God. You're so gracious to us, and and He asks him. He gives him an opportunity to repent. I believe there was still hope and help for Cain, if he would repent, if he would acknowledge his sin, if he would say, I really blew it. But he makes excuses. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for my brother? Yes, I am. Yes, you are. And as sighted guides, we know we're responsible. And it really hurts us. When we fail to tell there's a step here and then somebody starts to stumble, it, 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 it pains us when we realize that we haven't been keeping our brother well enough. And it should. And And don't think that because you're blind you're off the hook because you have an influence with people in your circle too. You have opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And we have the responsibility to keep pointing hearts and lives to Jesus where is Abel, your brother? And he said, am I responsible for my brother? God said to Cain, verse 10, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. I am feeling the pain of that dead boy. Now, remember, if you die in faith, it's just a nap. I know it's been a 6,000-year nap for, for Abel, but it's just a nap, a resting until the resurrection. If you're walking with Jesus, you walk with Jesus in this life, and you just take another step into the next life. Some of us, I believe, will be translated without seeing death, but the death rate on this earth has been almost 100%. We have two, record of two, who were taken from this earth without dying. But God is faithful, and even those who die in faith, the next thought, the next scene, the next experience they have will be <laughs> to see Jesus coming in the clouds of glory and restoring them to health and strength. <laughs> and that bloody wound on Adam's uh, excuse me, on Abel's head, will be all healed. What a God. What a wonderful God. And, of course, Abel's going (laughs) to look around and say, Who are all these cousins and nieces and nephews? There are no no grandchildren. Well, we have no evidence that Abel had any children. It it definitely appears that he didn't. I believe that uh, it was very appropriate for Adam's sons to marry Adam's daughters. And there was lots of children in that day and time. I was listening to, I think it was Sean Brunstra talking about how there would have been millions of people on the earth by the time of the flood, but um, God told Cain, you are in trouble. What you've done is really bad. You are cursed with the curse, which has, for the earth has opened its mouth to receive your, brother, your brother's blood from your hand. Then God said to Cain, and this follows through with the rest of us even though we're not descended from Cain, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. You're going to have to work harder to get the soil to produce its strength. And today, we study how to do the fertilizer. We know we've got to fertilize our garden if we want it to grow well. Um, A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Abel, bringing the lamb, the required offering. He understood what the lamb represented, that this lamb represents the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was trusting God to do what he could not do. He trusted that God would atone for his sin, justification. He trusted that God would empower him to rise above sin, sanctification, and Abel understood that in Christ he would be restored to full communion with God. That's glorification. We today face choices. We can praise God day by day, even though we go through trials, and I'm not minimizing the loss of sight. I have enough trouble with my eyes to understand that sight's pretty, pretty important. Um, but there's things more important than being able to physically see. To have faith in God and His provision for us is so much more important the physical sight, or hearing, or smelling, or tasting, or feeling. Uh, God has given us these senses that we can praise him, and we should, with all we have, and he doesn't expect any more than we can give, and he multiplies what we use to glorify him. Thank you, David, for the flute you played for us. On his hands. I love it. And some of you got here early enough to hear his cornet playing. You are not only use it or lose it, the gifts God gives you, but by using them as he gives them to us, he multiplies them in our life. When I married Bonnie, she could play the piano and the accordion. And now she can play the piano and the accordion. She could already play the organ some too. Uh, but she added the fife and the flute. And the dulcimer, both the mountain dulcimer and the hammered dulcimer, because she's using the gift of music for the glory of God, he multiplies it in our hands. Hallelujah. Use it for his glory and let him use you. God has a purpose for every one of us. He has a way that we can live for his glory. I believe Abel did. We can have Abel's faith. We can walk in love. We can walk in obedience. We can live lives of praise to God now and to eternity. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, as we contemplate the experience of Cain and Abel, we realize that we have a choice moment by moment. Will we be complainers or will we be be praisers? Will we be thanking you or will be criticizing the, the lot that we have? Lord, we invite you, and yes, we plead with you to help us to learn, to praise and thank you for whatever happens, for your glory and for our salvation, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it. I guess we need to have a discussion about tomorrow, uh, about who's going to ride with who tomorrow. And, uh, Mike on. Well, folks, this completes another episode of Mike off. Gaining demos and other
1: interests.
0: On Joseph Weekland's harmonica player podcast. Mike on. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Mike off.